Why are the Green Bay Packers conducting a cloak and dagger defensive coordinator search? Well, because they've been burned before. We talk about that and a lot more on today's Locked on Packers. You are Locked on Packers. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. You haven't heard much. We haven't heard much. No one's heard much about what's going on with the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator search. We reconvened on Monday after the weekend to talk about the guys that we'd heard about. And it seemed like on Friday, uh, the Packers were having a job fair. We heard about Brandon Staley and Aiden Third and Christian Parker and, and Bobby Babich. And then nothing. Silence. Crickets, despite the fact that it had been previously reported by multiple, very clued in reporters that people like Chris Harris and Jim Leonard and Wink Martindale were going to be among the, the coaches targeted in this search. Why the, the Pittsburgh Steelers tweeted out in the middle of the game that they were interviewing Arthur Smith. Now the Packers, they don't handle their business that way. And, and it would be a pretty boring opening segment if that were the answer. Like, hey, why are they doing this? Because this is how the Packers operate. It is true that this is how the Packers operate. They they always want to be shrouded in secrecy. They act like they are curing cancer in that organization in the building during practice. Like they do, they bring a lot of joy to a lot of people, and they bring a lot of suffering to Bears fans. But like, guys, come on. But that's not that's not that's not what this is. They do operate in more secrecy than a lot of teams do. But it's actually much more pragmatic than that. And in a lot a lot of ways, more cynical than that. Think of the last time they went through this process. They ultimately hired Joe Barry. But they were on the one-yard line with Jim Leonard. And it was clear That was who the Green Bay Packers wanted. It was who Matt LaFleur wanted. This has been reported. He had to admit it on the record. And Jim Leonard went on the record to talk about not taking the job, which necessitated Matt LaFleur going on the record and and round and around. There was reporting and, and all this stuff. It was not a secret. The Packers wanted to hire Jim Leonard. It was not a secret. The fan base 
wanted the Packers to hire Jim Leonard. I don't know if you guys know this. They didn't hire Jim Leonard. And a lot of Packer fans would still very much like Jim Leonard to be the defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. And I think that tells you that what happened the first time around was a PR nightmare. And the fact that they are back here now, three years later, going, we screwed this up the first time. Ajiro Evero is a preferred candidate, according to Albert Breer. We don't know if they're even going to get a chance to talk to him. Um, the Panthers have blocked multiple opportunities for Evero to go interview for a defensive coordinator position elsewhere. Of course, they can't block him from interviewing for a head coaching position. That job in Green Bay currently occupied. They screwed this up. And they know they did. They made the wrong hire. Obviously, if two of the guys that were finalists last year or last time, including the guy that they wanted to hire, that everyone knew they wanted to hire, are the preferred candidates again for this team. And I I would not put it past any organization. This is not Packers related. Any organization for saying, we got down to this final group. We made the wrong choice. And in an effort to avoid the PR, you know what storm that would come if they hired Evero or Leonard. And, and look, fans would be excited, but they would go, there'd be a lot of like, why didn't they do this three years ago stuff? Which would be right. The Packers, I hope, do not have so much pride that they avoid that if they think that's the best way forward. If you think Jim Leonard, or if you can get an interview with Ajiro Evero is the best way to move forward, try to move forward that way. But I don't blame the Packers for wanting to avoid the situation where the fan base gets really excited about a candidate. Christian Parker, is that's like happening right now. The fan base is really excited about Christian Parker. And part of it is, you know, internet culture has only gotten weirder. Twitter has only become a scarier place. And we're just talking since 2021, but it, it enough has changed that... I think the Packers are right to go, um, if this stuff leaks again early and we don't get the guy, we're in big trouble. And in a way, if we want to really put those tinfoil hats on, okay, they have not, to our knowledge, interviewed Wink Martindale the only longtime veteran that has been connected to this job. Chris Harris. Now, this is just, this is not, these these reports, the, these interviews have not been reported. We don't know if they've had the interviews. But Wink Martindale, Chris Harris, who apparently crushed the interview the last time around, I had heard that, um, Albert Breer reported that, that he was a very compelling candidate, made that, made that decision much harder than they thought it was going to be. Aubrey Pleasant, who it has been reported has interviewed in, LA, but no reports he's interviewed in Green Bay. And then Jim Leonard, according to multiple reports, was going to once again be a prime candidate with the Packers, but we have not heard that they've interviewed any of these people. And then that includes people like Denard Wilson and Anthony Weaver, guys on the Ravens staff who are going to be much easier to meet with now. Once the season is over, you can get in-person interviews with those guys. Does that mean 
should we extrapolate from the fact that we hadn't really heard about these actual frontline defensive coordinators getting the chance to interview? And we haven't heard anything. Does it suggest that the Packers are trying to keep this under wraps precisely because they know once it comes out that those guys have been interviewed, they become the preferred candidates, PR, et cetera, et cetera. Now you can frame this one of two ways. You could say, well, is that is that a, a conspiracy in favor of one of those guys? Hey, they want it to be one of Martindale, Harris, um, Leonard, Pleasant. And so we're not gonna hear about any of those interviews until after the fact, until after it's a done deal and the paper signed and they have their next defensive coordinator. Or have we not heard about it precisely because they want to hire a Bobby Babich or a Christian Parker. And they know that if they interview Jim Leonard and they interview Wink Martindale and they interview some of these other more tenured, experienced coaches, that there will be some sort of fan blowback from hiring the young coach. We talked yesterday about the potential pitfalls or just the risk of hiring a young coach. I don't know that I subscribe to either of those conspiracy theories. But there, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that we have not heard about anything since those original interviews. And I would not be surprised. Let me frame it that way. When you go with a real estate agent and you start looking at houses or apartments or properties or whatever it is, where do they always take you first? The worst place they can take you. They, they always take you the smallest apartment, the house on the worst street with, with the, the worst neighborhood, all that stuff. They are setting expectations. And then you get to that third place, that fourth place. And all of a sudden, no, you go, hey, couple nice bedrooms. You got the powder room downstairs. You got the finished basement. And now all of a sudden things are looking up. And you go, man, compared to that first place, this place is paradise. It would not be surprising to me at all if that was what was going on here. All of that said, even if there's not some uh, agenda-setting master plan here from a PR standpoint, I think it makes perfect sense for the Packers to say, this got a little too public last time, and it blew up on our faces precisely because we hired the wrong guy. Now, you hope you don't hire the wrong guy again, but you got the fan base's hopes up. And I think just interviewing Jim Leonard, in some ways, there's going to be some people who go, if you interview him, you have to give him the job. Because there's going to be a huge push from the fan base for that. And that makes the decision-making fraught. And so I understand the perspective from the Packers going, hey, internally, lock this up, leak nothing. Any candidate, you come in, tell your agent, shut up. Do not tell people you are coming to interview. We want to get this done. We want to get this done expediently. I do think they want to do this quickly. If it's not done tomorrow, this is something we're going to talk about tomorrow. And if it is done tomorrow, we're going to talk about why I think it was done quickly because I do think this is going to get done quickly in the next day or two or max three. I think all of a sudden we could wake up today, tomorrow. The Packers have a new defensive coordinator and we will have no warning 
I think that's very much in play. I want to talk about this team's identity and the teams that we saw over the weekend play to theirs and not play to theirs. We're going to do that in just a second here on Locked on Packers. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday, all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. I, I about broke even on Championship Sunday. I, I did I just did props because I did not like any of the sides. And I feel like I'm going to do the same thing with this Super Bowl because it's one and a half. It opened at three and immediately went to one and a half. How, how, am, I supposed to, how am I supposed to figure out what's going on there with the 49ers? Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown. How many points will be scored? First touchdown score. I love that one. Uh, Crazy, crazy props. Will there be overtime? Will there be a safety? Will there be a special teams touchdown? Will there be a defensive touchdown? The props are the fun part when it comes to the Super Bowl. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first five bet, $5 bet wins. $5 or more, you can win more. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. All season, the Baltimore Ravens beat teams with one of the truly unique offenses in the league. There aren't many offenses where you can say, no one plays like that or even close to like that. The Ravens were one of those teams. And the reason is because they have Lamar Jackson, who is this one-of-one offensive, do-it-all weapon. Against the Kansas City Chiefs, that team got so out of character. It was all of this fake bravado nonsense and pregame chirping and Justin Tucker, Justin, what are you doing? Warming up by Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Like, it was just foolishness. Multiple personal foul penalties. They wanted to act tough. They wanted to project toughness. They wanted to show that they were the big boys, number one seed. We're not afraid of big, bad Patrick Mahomes. But guess what? They were. They were obviously scared. They did not think they could be themselves and beat the Kansas City Chiefs. 37 passes in a game where you were never really down more than a score. It was a nip and tuck game basically the whole way. They got out of what they did. They got out of what made them them. And and the Chiefs come out, come right down the field. It's Mahomes to Kelsey. It is what they've been for the last half decade. And the Ravens come out and all the simulated pressure looks and all the cool stuff they've done all season, it's just pretty vanilla four-man rush stuff. They got scared. They played scared. But they masked it by trying to be the bullies. Meanwhile, the Chiefs just do what they do. That's why they won. 
It's the same thing with the Lions and the 49ers. The Lions, we can talk about the fourth down discussions and and narratives and all that stuff. I had absolutely no problem with the fourth down decisions. You know you are going to have to score a bunch of points to beat the 49ers. It's the same thing with the Packers. People saying, take the points, take the points. No, the 49ers are going to keep scoring because they stay true to who they are. They are going to be them and they finally have a team that can, down 17, just keep being them. They can just keep running the ball. Here's Christian McCaffrey. Hey, a little swing pass. Hey, Debo Samuel, end around. Because they have these explosive playmakers and every once in a while you dial up a shot play and if you're the other other team, you hope that a ball that hits you in the face mask does not end in a touchdown or a 52-yard play, whatever it was. But that's exactly what happened to the Lions. But they stayed true to who they were. They stayed aggressive. They went for it on fourth down. They On fourth and short, they went all year. Why would you change now? And the reason you go is exactly what played out because you know you have to keep scoring. The 49ers scored 27 straight. And you can say, okay, well, it wouldn't have been 27 straight if you would have kicked the field goal in the interim. Okay, it's net 24. In a game you lost, I, you know, by three, I get it. That field goal matters ultimately in the end, but the 49ers probably play the fourth quarter differently up if the circumstances are changed. Now, I, I'm not here to litigate those decisions. What I'm saying is they stayed true to their identity. The Packers, in both playoff games, played like the Packers. And they have an identity. Not only did they stick to their identity, but they have an identity that is malleable enough because they're talented enough and well-coached enough that they can adapt to what the team is going to do to them. They can still be them. The Packers can say, we're still us in these high leverage moments against the best defenses. The, the 49ers want to take away the middle of the field. Okay, they're not a very good run defense. Let's run it, run it, run it. The very first play, the Detroit Lions ran the crack toss run that the Packers killed the 49ers on the week before. And it worked. The Packers are a team now that I just, I understand what happened on the last drive and I understand they they blew the lead, but a, a touchdown lead in the first, you know, the first real adversity that this team has faced in a game like this, like they beat the crap out of the Cowboys. There was no pressure in that game. They're up 27, nothing before like the word go. There's no adversity there. Like there was, there was adversity because it's a playoff game. The first start. Well, 49ers game, that's that's your first real adversity. All these rookies, all these first-year starters. I'm not, I'm not going to kill them for some of the unclutch moments that, that come up at the end. Keyshawn Nixon drops a would-be interception with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Or eight, I think it was 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Game might be over if he catches it. Darnell Savage, I said yesterday on the show, I think the, I think the game is over if he makes that catch. Everything changes. And the Lions did everything right, too. And the 49ers still found a way to come back. I think it would have been different. I think the Packers' defense better suited to stop this passing game. And so it would have been a little different. That's not the point of this either. The Packers' defense didn't have to be that different than they've been. The Packers' offense didn't have to be that different than they've been. 
They can be them. And this goes back to discussions we used to have about Aaron Rodgers and and that team being able to win in the postseason. And, and does that style of play, the spread them out. Look, people said finesse. I never thought, I thought that was always an uncharitable reading of the way that the Packers played. But let's be honest. One of the reasons why this version of the Packers translates is because they will come and get your ass. They will be physical. They will come downhill in the run game and run power, even without A.J. Dillon. Because they've got these big, strong, physical dudes. Rasheed Walker is a dog. Sean Ryan is a dog. These are maulers. These are brawlers. And they will bring the fight to you. It's just different. It feels different. And when you watch a team like the Ravens get outside of themselves, it makes you appreciate what the Packers did even more. And even though the Lions lost, I appreciated them staying true to themselves down to the very end. They got beat by a better team. If the Packers had executed as well in the first half as the Lions did, they win. But both teams stayed true to their identities. And this team finally has an identity that in the postseason can and will work and they can and will stick to it. That is coaching. That is culture. That is a team built the right way. If you have those three things, you can be a competitor, a contender for as long as those three those three things are true. Well, Brian Gutekinds, Matt LaFleur, Jordan Love, we expect them to be here for a long time. That's really good news for the Packers. All right. We, we missed Mock Draft Monday yesterday talking a lot of coach stuff. We are going to dig into a little bit of that today just kind of as a, as a table setter as we talk about the Senior Bowl, which we will do more of coming up this week. We'll do that in just a second on Locked on Packers. Passion, drive, patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle, to level it up to peak performance from superchargers. My car could use one of those. Roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. I have a SUV. I don't need a supercharger. Uh, with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Locked On has launched the first ever national 24-7 sports streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right. So I have started my watch of these prospects. The safety class, not great. Um, I understand, I think corner, if they believe in Eric Stokes and if they're going to bring back Keyshawn Nixon, 
Corner is not a super pressing need. Safety is certainly much more pressing. But I'd like to add a corner so that maybe you can turn Keyshawn Nixon into a safety, which is a, an idea that I really, really, really like. But a lot of this, we got to find out who the defensive coordinator is. And that is going to dictate. Like if you if you bring in someone like Wink Martindale, you need you need another man corner. And and you need some safeties who can disguise and blitz and and get back. I think actually Dar- think Darnell Savage in a Wink Martindale scheme would be pretty fun. So with that in mind, my mock draft, we start Missouri corner Ennis Rakestraw Jr. This is a guy who I think is going to be on the Packers radar. A little light. He's only a buck 85, but he's tall. He's long. The the play style is there. This is this is a corner draft. Nate Wiggins is already one of my draft crushes, the corner from Clemson. Uh, I think that there is so much to like about him. They're going to take a corner in with one of these, I think, first three picks. They have two second round picks. Certainly with a top 100 pick. They've got, what, five of them. So they, they have a lot that they can do in the in in this defensive backfield, which is where they need the, the help. At 41, I have Tyler Guyton. He's someone who I have heard could be a top top 15, kind of 20 kind of guy. He's he's much bigger than uh the Packers tend to like 6'7, 330 plus. But the movement skills are unique at that size. He is a special guy that the that the league really likes. And so that's just a, a name to keep an eye on there. At 57, I think I think middle of day two, because they have, you know, 41, 57, 88, 91. I think a linebacker, that's where the linebackers kind of start in that 50 to 85 range. It's not a good linebacker draft. But I think that they're going to move on from Devondre Campbell this offseason. I think they're going to be happy if Isaiah McDuffie can start for them. I think they would probably prefer to have an upgrade there. Peyton Wilson, he's got injury history. I understand that there's some some question marks there, but he can play. He can play. Uh, at 88, I have Tyke Smith, the senior, or excuse me, the safety from Georgia. They need a safety. A little s- short, but not small. He's 5'10", 210. So that's, that's a running back build. And they love Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, I think that this is... Um, a position that they have to address in the draft. I think we could see multiple picks. Like I it's it's interesting because I like Jonathan Owens. I liked him a lot more now or you know with with the value of this season than I did before the season. I like Rudy Ford. I like him a lot more now than I did before the season. I thought Darnell Savage had a, a bounce back season. The last second half of the year he was really good. He was one of the highest grade defensive players by Pro Football Focus in the playoffs. He had two good playoff games. I know he dropped the pick, but like made the play that created the opportunity to have the pick. And I liked Anthony Johnson Jr. Do I love any of these players? Are they set at those positions? No, you have to add more talent to that room. I don't know much about Tyke Smith. I know the size is a little weird. They can make that work. And then at 91, Blake Corum. They're going to take a running back in the top 100. One of these picks, I, I can almost guarantee you, is going to be a running back. I think there are very interesting conversations to be had about, do they want someone like Aaron Jones? Do they want someone like A.J. Dillon? And you have this sort of thunder and lightning combination. Do they need to find some some better lightning? And I don't mean a better player than Aaron Jones because that would be really hard. We're talking about a top five running back. I'm talking about someone with a little more juice. 
You know, Jameer Gibbs, he scores in the open field with his opportunity. Jamison Williams, he scores in the open field against the 49ers with his opportunity. Aaron Jones, two playoffs in a row, gets tracked down on a on a huge play. He's and he's made huge postseason runs before, had that that huge run against the Rams. Sealed the the Vikings game a couple years ago. Like we're not that far removed from that being the player, but this was the most healthy you're ever going to get Aaron Jones in the postseason. He just doesn't quite have the top end speed he had early in his career. I think you can make the case they need someone with more speed, but Blake Corum is that sort of that threading the needle middle ground of he can create chunks. He's he runs with power. He's kind of similar in a lot of ways to Aaron Jones. Shorter, stocky, he's bigger than than Aaron Jones, more physical than Aaron Jones, but can still rip off chunks. He's going to be a name that you're going to hear a lot, a lot with this Packers uh, team. And let's be honest, um, he's going to be in my mock drafts a lot. Just is. So um, I'm excited to keep doing these. We'll be doing them on Monday from now on. I just felt like we had a lot to talk about yesterday, so this is your Mock Draft Tuesday. We still have a lot to talk about the Senior Bowl. The Packers love the Senior Bowl, and I think they probably want to have a defensive coordinator by the time the Senior Bowl is like going in earnest. I would think they'd want to they'd want to do that soon. We'll see. Uh, back tomorrow. A lot more to come this week on Locked on Packers. Our offseason schedule is our schedule. Five days a week. We're five days a week until July. So stay with us. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, like when the Packers decide to hire a defensive coordinator, you can go subscribe over on our YouTube page so you can stay Locked on Packers.